Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And Christmas is right around the corner. So before we get into the big legal news from these past couple of weeks and talk a little football, uh, Chris, how are the Christmas plans coming for you in the Marone so, household? <laughs> you can't see it right now, but our well, outside of our little tree right here, um, because we're in a rental this go around, uh, Christmas is going to be somewhere else. Usually we have my wife's huge Hawaiian family here with us, but uh, right now we are all over the place. So Christmas is going well because it's quiet. Here is the issue that we are dealing with in the Oster household. And so I'm just going to throw this idea by you okay. to see what Hit your me. thoughts are. All right. Yeah. Uh, and so at what point do you, do you become a Scrooge and you say we're stopping Christmas? <laughs> and I, I know that's a horrible thought and before you, you, you veer off the road and say, I, Joel, you are a communist sicko. Get out of here. Here's what I mean. When, when the kids are young, you give them all kinds of gifts. I mean, yeah. it's it almost becomes obscene the, the number of gifts you give your kids when they're young and growing up. Right? Oh, here's a gift from Santa. And so they'll be like, right. you know, five, ten gifts, whatever. Not growing up, I didn't have that. I was lucky to get a stuffed, you know, yep. puppet. But it's, that's a whole different story. Yeah. But when they're adults, you don't do that. You, you, you don't give them all these kind of gifts. You maybe give them one gift, right? Yeah. One so or two, when yeah. we when we cross over to becoming Scrooges. You know, my mom stopped even putting up a Christmas tree once my brother and I hit like 30. She, 30? she was okay, like, good. yeah, she was pretty much done at that point uh, because, well, and we didn't have grandkids. So my wife and I don't have kids. My brother and his wife don't have kids. So there really was no, like, we all get together. We go do a dinner at like a nice steakhouse. We exchange small presents. Usually it's gift cards or plane tickets. Yeah, he, um, here's your $50 Walmart gift card. Oh, thank right. you for your $30, $50 Walmart gift card. Exactly. Yeah, the gift card exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother and I will still buy some, like, childish gifts. Like, we'll buy each other, like, a video game or a board game. Like, we'll do okay. something like that. Um, but for the most part, we, we go make memories now. Like, we'll take a trip somewhere and we'll go hang out. And we're a small family, Joel, right? It's my wife and I, my brother, his wife, and my mom. There's five of us. Okay. So we can make that trip where we all go meet up in like Vegas or we go meet up in, in Salt Lake or we go meet up in New York for a Christmas or something so we can have a fun time. One of these years, this year is not going to be it. Though we are we are cutting back this year because, yep. I mean, my kids are, are 23 and 19. I sure hope yeah. I got that right. But still, <laughs> at, at a certain point, you, you got to right. cut it off. Now, I'm, sure, I'm sure my 19-year-old is going to say, well, hold on. I get another four years then uh, because yep. you know, my older brother got the extra four. Why well, cut now? But, but still. So also right around the corner from Christmas is going to be New Year's. And so Love the it. big thought is New Year's resolutions right around the corner. And so um, some of us, I like to start my New Year's resolutions early. So I mm -hmm. went to the gym this past week and I'm going to just give you a little you. bit of a tip, Chris, because I know you're probably like me, you can be thinking about, you know, um, New Year's resolutions, getting in yep. shape. Let me give you a little tip on what not to do. Okay. Go to the gym. So, Check. I, well, so I went to the gym and I don't like to just do the weights because the free weights are always so packed out. I can never get a bench and I don't like the machine weights. So I like, I like to do the class because when you do the classes, mm -hmm. you're, you're forced to just jump right in and do it. Right. There's yeah. no backing out. There's no going half, whatever. Right. You, know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. So I, I went to this class and first, my first clue that this was not going to be a good idea should have been the name of the class, Ultimate oh. Conditioning. Nope, hard pass, 
Hard Chris, pass. I need the conditioning. I don't hard need the ultimate pass. part right now. No, I'm not ultimate on anything, Joel. I am beginner everything when it comes to the gym. Yes, yeah. That, that should be my first clue, right? Right. No. Right, right. Second clue was when I when I went there, I looked in, there was no one in the room. Oh okay. context clues. I'm getting this now. Yeah, so so the problem here is I didn't stuck my head in further to really scan the room, and there was one person in the room. It was the instructor, and so she caught my eyes and said, Oh, good, you're here, you're the first one. Welcome. Oh what am I gonna do then? Can I back out? Yes, you're going to turn around and be like, sorry, I was looking for my wife. Exactly. No, uh, I, I didn't do that. I didn't think fast enough. So I said, mm. oh, okay. So I walk in there and get all kind of set up and ready to go. No one else comes in. All right. <laughs> it's just me and the instructor in a class called oh. Ultimate Conditioning. And so, yeah, 10 minutes in, I'm going, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I am not going to make it to the end. But you can't do that. You gotta nope. stick it through, stick it out, or else you're a really big wimp. Yeah. So yeah, that was 60 minutes of hell. I, I learned oh, my lesson. Good for, but good for you, man. Look at, there's a lesson there in enduring till the end, right? There is a, there is a big lesson there. Good for you, Joe. I'm proud of you for sticking yeah. it out. I bet so you made I'm, that instructor's day. So now I'm now I'm looking for something like you know, quasi conditioning, maybe right. conditioning, maybe. dad bod conditioning, something Ooh, like that. That'd be a good one. I, I don't need the ultimate conditioning. The only thing I do is ultimate bacon cheeseburger. That is the only ultimate that I have in my life right now. There you right? Go. I'm not doing an ultimate conditioning. That just sounds horrible. Words to live by or right? die with a heart attack by. Whatever. But I like that. That's hey, my life. Ultimate conditioning or ultimate bacon cheeseburger are both going to kill me by a heart attack. Which one am I going to enjoy more? Oh, wow. Not a good time to talk about that since we had the whole story this last oh. week from, was it Grant Wall there over in um, uh, Qatar? Is that yeah. how you pronounce that? The, the World Cup yep. just dropped dead, apparently of an aneurysm. Yeah. And then you had, um, in America, you had Coach Mike, Mike Leach, Leach, the head coach yeah. at Mississippi, Mississippi State, which shocked me. I mean, wow. I, in today's day and age, you don't normally see people dying of a heart attack in the hospital you, you die right. of a heart attack outside of the hospital but if you can make right. it to the hospital usually they can help you out and they you yeah. can pass the tide but no not no. good news this past week when it comes what to uh sports and just dropping it dead well but let's, we're gonna get to sports a little bit later but let's start off here and this is a great segue by the way since we just yeah. talked about dropping dead oh yeah this section i'm gonna call is he clueless or is he brutal? Which one is it? Ooh. Okay. I like this. I like this. Where are we going? All right. So we're going to the Supreme Court this uh, last week. Mm -hmm. And in, it was a case of in is 303 Creative v. Alanis. Are you familiar with this case? Yes. I believe that is the, um, the Colorado case where the website creator is suing based on the Colorado law that does not allow you to discriminate based on sexual orientation of your client base. And she is saying that because she is a creative individual, that forcing her to think about gay couples goes against her uh, First Amendment freedom of religion rights. Well, not thinking about, but definitely, uh, you know, creating a, something, a website, a tailor-made mm -hmm. website for a particular event, that creative aspect, she is saying violates her free speech rights, which yeah. also would violate, because it is expressive, and so right. it would violate her, her free exercise rights, and so she mm -hmm. filed this lawsuit. Now, first of all, this is a different lawsuit than the earlier one you might be thinking of in Colorado Good. involving a master... Cake baker. cake baker, right? Yep. That one was not a preemptory challenge. That one was 
someone filed a violate a notice of violation yep. against him, and so it went up through the docs docket as, as a yep. violation. Right. So you, you had a fact pattern there to analyze. Well, sometimes in law, you don't want to wait until someone has alleged a violation against you. You, you want right. to say, no, look, this law, I think, suppresses my speech, so I'm going to self-censor because right. I'm afraid if I do speak out, I'm going to get caught up in this right. legal quagmire. I'm going to hire an attorney. It's going to be very costly. I don't want to do that. So you file a peremptory challenge where you file a lawsuit and you say, look, this lawsuit is unconstitutional as applied to me. I want to struck or on his face. Yeah. I want to struck down or else I'm, I'm going to self-censor my speech. All right, so right. That, that's the context here. So Which is funny because you don't want to wait until you get sued to get a lawyer to file a lawsuit because of all the money, time, energy, and effort. But instead, I'm going to hire a lawyer and file a lawsuit and spend all this money to see if I'm going to have to hire a lawyer and file a lawsuit and spend all this money. Thank you for picking up on that, but let me tell you the difference there. <laughs> if they sue you, right. then uh, you, you have, have to pay hire damages. a lawyer, you're going to have to pay money. And, right. and, you're, and you might have a fine you have to pay. But you definitely yeah. have to, it's going to pay a, a lawyer's hourly rate right. for that. If you bring a Section 1983 lawsuit, yeah. if you are the prevailing party, then the other side has to pay your legal fees. So right. a lot of these lawyers will take these, you know, on a contingency basis, right. knowing that if they win this case, they can get their fees paid at the end of the day. So it allows right. for them to lawyers to take it. And more lawyers are willing to take that kind of case mm -hmm. um, on a contingency fee basis. Well, All and right, that's so why you see like a lot of these cases, the 1983 motions, like if you win a dollar, the lawyer still gets to get all of their fees recomped plus the dollar. Yes. And, and so pe a lot of people don't understand that. As a lot of lay people, at least that I talk to, they're like, well, why did the jury award damages of $1? And you're like, so the lawyers can get paid. That's why we get the damages of a dollar. Yes. And you know who also does not understand that besides the lay people? The lawyers. Well, the, the clients. <laughs> oh, the, the clients, clients will say, oh, oh. I, I got, I got $1,000. Well, that's really good. Oh, I, I see you got two hundred thousand yes. dollars, and I got a thousand. Yes. Hold on a second, there. Slow it you down. know the lawyers seem to have made out quite well in those cases, and yes, sometimes those we cases do. can pay quite well. Indeed. All right, so we're going to the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. and you know Justice Alito is going to ask a hypothetical question, which, by the right. way, the justices justices love their hypothetical. Oh I think they get off on asking hypothetical right. questions. They probably sit back with their clerks before oral arguments. And say, all right, guys, what kind of crazy asinine hypothetical can we come up with mm -hmm. this week? You know, I don't, I don't want anyone to see this one. Right. Well, maybe it would have been a good idea if Justice Alito had vetted yeah. this hypothetical. But this is what Justice Alito asked. Uh, he said, hey, there's an unmarried Jewish person uh, asked a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his JD dating or J date dating profile. So yep. uh, Alito's asking this question about, hey, you have an unmarried Jewish person and mm -hmm. he asked a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his J date dating profile. All right. Alito said that J date is a dating service, I gather, for Jewish people. Okay. Okay. I'm done with this. I'm good. All right, and at which point, well, at which point, Justice Kagan pipes up, who is Jewish, and yep. she says it is, and the courtroom erupted in laughter. It's like, okay, yeah, you got Justice Kagan; she's single. She, yep, you know, uh, J date is a dating <laughs> service for Jewish people. It hint, got a laugh in hint, the courtroom. Hint, nod, nod. Right, right. All right. So then Alito continued on and said, maybe Justice Kagan will also be familiar with the next website I'm going to mention for his Ashley. Uh, so. 
for the next website I'm going to mention, he goes, next, a Jewish person takes a Jewish photographer to take oh, a photograph right. for his AshleyMadison.com dating profile. Hard no. Hard no. Okay. Hard no. And, so, and then he offered this. And then he offered this. He goes, I'm not suggesting. Then he said, um, um, may, he said, maybe Justice Kagan will be, also be familiar with this next what, website I'm going to mention, the AshleyMadison.com dating profile. So, yeah, is that, is he being clueless or is he being brutal? My, like, when, when I, because I was listening to the arguments and for him to bring up Ash, for those of you who don't know what Ashley Madison is, Ashley Madison is a dating service for men and women that want to cheat on their spouses. Um, their, their, their motto is life is short, have an affair. Chris, that's not my, my motto nope. is life is short, mm -hmm. eat bacon. Much better idea for right. a motto, but yeah, that, that's their motto. Life is right. short, have an affair. Life. And a few years back, I want to say almost, I guess, almost 10 years back now, Ashley Madison had a huge data breach where they released all the real names of everyone that was on their site. Yes. Now, I'm not going to say that I went through that list looking for friends' names that I believed were cheating, but I totally did. And, um, <laughs> um, but I, I think justice keegan being unmarried she would not know what ashley madison is unless she's trying to pick up married men and i if if justice alito knew enough to know that ashley madison was a dating website he knew enough to know what type of dating website it was good point good point well he then offered i'm not suggesting that i mean she knows a lot of things so i'm not suggesting right Dude, right. shut up. You're digging the right. whole deeper. Just shut up and let the case go yeah. on. Yeah. Just, it, it, it just, it, it goes again to the fact that, like, huge blunder, right? Like, he's, he probably trying to make a joke and it fell super flat. Like, and we've all been there. All of us have been there when we've made what we thought was going to be a good joke and it fell absolutely flat. Um, do I think he was callous? Did I think he do it maliciously? No, I think he was trying to do it in jest, but okay. also, also, bad form, bro. Bad form. Right. Not so we're saying he's not. He wasn't brutal. It ended up being brutal. He was clueless. Right. But yeah, dude, you got to think these things through here. Right. Yeah. It's one thing to say you're familiar with Jade. Actually, she offered that up. Right. That's that's something different yeah. than say, oh yeah, you're familiar with a cheating website where the motto is life is short, have an affair. That's a much right. different allegation than the first one. But hey, it, it led for that one didn't get laughed. That one got crickets. Her yeah. comment got, got laughter in the courtroom, and so that's obviously good for my business. I love it whenever well, there's laughter at the Supreme Court. Well, and I think she handled it well. She could have been like, really? Really, Sammy? Really? Like, you want to go with that one? But, you know, she made a quick quib, and it moved on through, and it's going to live on as an infamy and a soundbite forever at Comedian of Law. Exactly. I'm going to run that through with the classes, exactly. Oh, my God. Well, the, how will this case turn out? Most experts think that the... Um, uh, the challengers, the Colorado is going to lose this case and mm -hmm. the, the plaintiffs will win it um, because they're going to say that if this this um, law is going to re to the extent it's going to restrict your speech and your expression. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it, it's an it would be unconstitutionally applied to your situation. However, right. that's, that's where you're going to have to draw the line. How do you draw the line uh, between when does your work is, is it just work 
And right. when is it actually expression? Because here's right. the hypothetical I give to my classes. Let's say someone goes to McDonald's and orders a cheeseburger. All right. Okay. The guy who gives them a cheeseburger. There's no expression in that. You can't make an no. argument that's expressive action. No, it's not. You're ordering, ordering a cheeseburger, eat it, die of, of high cholesterol, whatever right. you want to do. That's not expression. Right? Right, right. If I hire someone to paint my portrait, Clearly, that's expression. No Very doubt so. about it. There's national art galleries out there of, right. of portraits. Clearly, that is expression that involves speech. Even though it's a commercial enterprise, it clearly involves speech. Right. Where do you draw that line in the yeah. middle? That's going to be the tough question for this court going forward. Well, and I think the court's going to err on the side of... Um, more expression like they're going to err a little further than i think most people or even most left leaning individuals think is expression but um or the, i was talking with a really good buddy of mine who's um, a political advisor here in arizona and he's like the court may just say hey this is a state issue deal with it interesting so, right if they kick it back out to the states and say the state can do this because this is you know, this is not within the original intent of the Constitution websites, then kick it back out. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't anticipate that. I, I one yeah. Supreme Court litigator told me you don't use the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uses you. So how sure. can the Supreme Court use this case to their advantage? And, and I think they do want to set the principle that, look, you, you can't. Um, discriminate in, in commerce. Discrimination against people based upon these certain classifications is bad. So right. we want to protect that. Like when you order the cheeseburger, you can't say, I, I'm not going to sell you the cheeseburger because I don't like some part about you. I want to discriminate right. against you. Right. Though that's not really a problem in today's day and age. Let's also realize that. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, um, on the flip side, we also have free speech in our country and you can't mm -hmm. compel someone to speak in a way that they don't want to speak. It's called mm -hmm. free speech. And that even applies when you are getting paid. Again, think of the guy painting your portrait. Clearly, right. that's free speech. No one would even pretend that that is not free speech. And so how do you draw that line? It's going to be think, a very tough issue for this court. And I think you're going to have, you're going to see more of these cases because in Arizona specifically, we have a lot of like school board cases going up right now about what teachers can and can't teach in a curriculum. And our curriculums are so easily defined as, you know, we're going to have this unit about the Civil War. And then they usually leave it up to the teachers to talk about what happened in the Civil War. But now schools are even drilling down even further to say, you can't show slavery in a negative light. You can't show that the Civil War was fought over slavery. It has to have a discussion of states' rights. And I think that cases like this are also going to jump up to the Supreme Court because now it's it's you're determining down to the word what this creative person is teaching in the classroom. Now, you just mentioned when you're talking about the uh, who gets to set the curriculum and to what extent right. can yeah. that body set and control the curriculum, that is going right. to be a fascinating legal issue. Because I can tell you, Chris, yeah. I've been following this area of law for the last 20 years. Yes, sir. And it seems like academic freedom the, the freedom of the teacher the professor to teach yep. whatever he or she wants to or or put the, their own spin on it mm -hmm. really has gone down over the last 20 years you really don't really has. have a lot of academic freedom you got to teach whatever the your boss is the school district the state right. whoever sets the curriculum so you have that aspect but then you have this idea that when the state does create and regulate in regards to speech 
Yeah. They can't do so in ambiguous ways. Like what you just said, don't speak about this topic in a negative light. Well, right. what does that mean? And, and exactly. so it gets to the point where it's it's vague. And so people speak now and they're fearful of, of losing their job because of how they speak. That could be a totally different issue that's, right. that's litigated and decided by the courts. It's going to be... It's going to be a very interesting next few years on a lot of these free speech cases. Because I think yes. both conservatives and liberals, leftists, rightists, everybody enjoys a, a level of free speech and likes to have free speech in their sphere that they think is important. Right? Like, they may think that you have to make a cake, or, or not a cake, but you have to build a website for a gay person. But you can't restrict the fact that slavery was a major f portion of the Civil War. Or you have to teach that, you know, January 6th was a riot, but you can't teach that the Kenosha shooting was a riot as well. You know, they, each side has their own way of discussing what they want to do when it comes to free speech and whatnot. Speaking of free speech, our next topic is going to be the Twitter Ooh, bomb yes. shells. <laughs> This has been a huge story that has been a dropping by mm -hmm. uh, Elon Musk. And since he's taken over Twitter, he's gotten access to all these files. And so he's realizing yeah. that, man, back during the last election, Twitter sure went above and beyond in suppressing certain speech and certain people's tweets that maybe they shouldn't have been. So he's been releasing that. Now, mm -hmm. even though I think the Twitter files has become a huge story, right. no one really wants to cover it. In fact, I, I kind of thought, well, how come I haven't seen any articles on CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times? So I went to CNN and I Googled. First, I looked at the, the, the homepage. Couldn't find right. the story anywhere in the headlines. So I Googled it on CNN site and I did find an article that was a talk that was titled, Why News Organizations Are Largely Skeptical of Elon Musk Twitter Files Theater. So the one yeah. article I did find on CNN was about why they are not covering the Twitter files story. So I find right. this a very fascinating. You know what? I'm not going to give mainstream media any pass here for not covering this topic because what I saw during the last election was the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I saw that it was suppressed and they were not allowing people to post tweets about this. Say, oh no, that's misinformation. That's fake news. Turns out, no, it was 100% legitimate. You just suppressed it because you did not want that information to go out there. Well, as it turns out from this Twitter files release, the, the, the Twitter files, uh, the release of their information, that there were certain Twitter employees, you know, uh, personnel that had regular meetings with the FBI, with the mm -hmm. DOJ, uh, you know, different governmental entities, they had weekly briefings over what kind of information should be suppressed and not suppressed. Chris, what is your thoughts here on the Twitter file story slash non-story? So Elon Musk is the most unreliable source on the face of the planet. Like Elon Musk today could tell me that the world is round and I would go, maybe flat earthers have, have something going for them because Elon Musk is a self-promoting narcissistic hack. And he is absolutely everything that is wrong with America. With that being said, if the files are legit, and I'm not, and I'm not saying they are legit or aren't legit, then yes, we should be covering the story of why the DOJ is involved in private industry and suppressing information. If it's just another grab at the headlines that Elon Musk loves to do, 
it's a waste of everybody's time to keep feeding the trolls. Well, interestingly enough, this article on CNN, the the lead article on why uh-huh. mainstream media is largely ignoring this story, the the basis of the article was not that it didn't happen, but it's like, well, yeah, it happened. That's what we do all the time. So that was their defense, not that it didn't happen, but that that's what we do. As as editors, we look at different information. We want to suppress right. different pieces of information. Right. And so that's just kind of that we, we make these value judgments as an organization that we don't want that speech going out. So their defense was, yeah, but the it's, it's not a story because everyone does it. That's how media right. works. Well, I now, mean, you I will could look s- at, like, look, the Trump organization was indicted on all the felonies in New York. Right. Whether that's a political move or not a political move, we can have that debate. But Fox News did not cover it at all. And it was like plastered all over the front of CNN and MSNBC. So there's definitely political slants to everything. The Twitter files help Fox News perpetuate their narrative about voter about censorship on the conservative end. It promotes their narrative about the government overreach into Twitter. Um which I think is funny because it was the Trump run government at the time that was suppressing this information that would help the Trump organization win the election. Well, and even so, though Trump was president at the time, I would hardly call it a Trump run government because a lot of people in the FBI and DOJ didn't like him. They wanted him out. But I, I get what you're saying. Smart. He actually was a president at that moment in time. Right. And, so the, and the, he spent a lot of time at Twitter, right? He spent a lot of time. Trump is very familiar with the tweets. He knows how to do a, deliver a tweet at 2 a.m. Yeah. Well, that, from my perspective, when we're talking about free speech, this story gets really dicey. If mm-hmm. you have the government telling Twitter what to suppress what not, and what uh, not to, to suppress. In other mm-hmm. words, people's tweets. Because that, that's, that's free speech. That, that's people mm-hmm. speaking. And so if the government is saying, you need to suppress this speech, now the First Amendment is implicated, and that's where this might become a story. So, Chris, I do want to just leave so. this topic. But I also yeah, th- think like the the lack of verification of who are actual people on Twitter and who are bots, I think will come into play as well. Because you, as a Twitter bot, you don't have free speech rights. So as a, tw- Chris, as a Twitter I, I don't user, know if I can go there. you do. I don't know. Computers are people too. <laughs> no. Um, they, are, they are the, have you seen these movies? They this are is how the we future. get Skynet. This is Skynet, man. This yes. is how the Terminators come and destroy us, okay? What, I, what I'm hearing from you is you would discriminate against a computer that comes into yep. your office yep. and wants representation. You would discriminate. 100%. You betcha. Anti-computerite. I, I am. I am. That is, that is 100% who I am. All right. Well, uh, let me just give – I want to leave this here with you with this thought because mm-hmm. I know this is going to not make your day. Uh, it will not make my day. But you remember how when Trump was elected president during that first midterm election – there was real fear of if the the other party gets control of the House, mm-hmm. Trump is going to be in trouble because you know there's going to be a lot of investigations yep. into what he was doing. Well, the same is true here. Now right. that Very the Republicans so. have control of the House, you better believe they will start an investigation into this Everything. over the next two years. Everything. And there will be committees and there will be, you know, yeah. maybe even on the evening news, and though no one would cover it but Fox News, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, there is going to be no, a, an investigation. This is what we do now. This is like Kevin McCarthy is already who is the front runner for speaker of the house, whether he gets it or not. Um, He's already talking about having Hunter Biden hearings, having hearings on Twitter, having hearings about the DOJ hearings about the border wall. 
Like all he, he wants to, he's doing away with the J six hearings. So uh, this is what we do now. It is all political circus. Yes, you know, and I don't even know who started. We'd have to be interested to go back in history and see who started these pointless right. hearings. I say pointless because really, no, this is all done for political theater, right? right. And, and so I, I don't know why this goes on. We're not gonna, do we learn right. anything about January 6th? No. no, we didn't learn anything about it. It was a chance for the Democrats to just kind of run it out there in front of the public to remind them mm -hmm. to score them some points in the upcoming election. Right. That's why they do these things, to, to score I some points. I want to say from for recent memory and for memory of people like because 18 to 24 voters were the ones that really came out this midterm election. You look at the polling numbers and the, the numbers of returned ballot. And so this Gen Z really for them started with Benghazi was really kind of their first introduction to this. But I know that it's been going on. I mean, you and I are of the older generation. Oh. So we, we go, know go back to Bill Clinton, who, right, who right. got a blowjob. And we know that led to hearings and right. I bet you it predated Bill Clinton. Right. Well, and if you remember, they did the investigations into Bush one about um, Desert Storm, right? We went into Kuwait, and then all of a sudden, we just never left. Right. And so there was that discussion. It was uh, Ronald Reagan over the Iran-Contras and the funding of the Taliban at that time. You can go back to, like, Jimmy Carter and his divestment of business investors. So, you, I mean, we keep going back. I think in the modern age of the internet and how quickly we get information and how many people can reach and influencers that it's becoming more and more prevalent because we have more and more access to information much quicker. Um, but it, this hasn't been the, the thing in the past. I mean, what like 1939, 40, 1940-ish is when we started doing Supreme Court hearings in the Senate chamber. Before that, it was just a consent decree. Like, this is who I'm appointing. And the Senate's like, great, like every other justice. Right, right. So. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, yeah. we have that to look forward to. And I, I'm going to speak on behalf of Joe Q. Public is like, we don't want these stupid hearings. You're wasting your time. Can you please do something real right. with your time? But right. that being said, apparently these politicians from both sides, they, they have realized it helps their cause. That's why it they does. keep doing it. If it actually hurt <laughs> them. Oh, look, the public doesn't care about this. You're going to hurt your side. No. Trump right now is unelectable. One of the main reasons he's unelectable is because the Democrats did such a good job of marring him. I remember the right. whole Russia collusion thing mm -hmm. that now is seen as, as kind of a, there was no basis for it. The dossier was fake. The The Mueller investigation came up with nothing when it, when it came to Russian interference. Yes, they said that Trump obstructed the uh, our inquiry, but you shouldn't have had inquiry in the first place. Nonetheless, it, it definitely made Trump unelectable now, so it works. When the opposing side does these hearings, as much as right. Joe Q. Public doesn't like it, apparently, politically, it works, and so yep. that's where we are. We're stuck with it. All right, yep. how about our next story here? Uh, there was a bill that was proposed to ban TikTok, and so, man, we are on a free speech crusade today, right. but a trio of U.S. lawmakers, and Chris, I find this interesting because it's, it's bipartisan. You have Senator Mark Rubio, the top Republican on the Senate Intelligence Committee, and a bipartisan pair of congressmen in the House proposed this bill to basically ban TikTok in the United States out of fear that TikTok has not done enough to keep information, you know, private people's information from being accessible by the Chinese government. And so mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this bill? Um, I... I love that they got the one Congress member that was in like a super weak district that is like 
50.001 and 49.99999, like Republican Democrat, to jump on this bipartisan bill. Um, this is the third time uh, Marco has has introduced the ban on TikTok into the United States Senate. I'm 100% sure this is the third time it's going to fail again. It's, I it's, again, man, political circus at its finest, right? There is, I, anybody who, I can't say this with 100% accuracy, TikTok is wholly owned by China. Most people are aware of that, and most people don't care. They keep using it. It, at a certain point, is there a fear that information on our devices mm -hmm. the Chinese government now has access yeah. to? Now, so you already several states have said, look, if you're a state employee and you're on your state phone where you have state emails, mm -hmm. state secrets, whatever, you can't have TikTok on that device. I think that makes a lot of sense. I can tell you, as a non-computer kind of guy, I, my, I have my IT department run everything here, and when they're in right. school, it's kind of a pain for me. But... Right. Um, yeah, they have. When you have the app is on your phone, and yeah. a foreign government has access to now my phone. If I were mm -hmm. the State Department, no, you, you should not be doing that. To me, that sounds not like a good idea, and I don't Period. even know why. You should not have access. If you are a State Department employee, you should not, and you have a State Department phone. No social media should be on your phone. That's a good no, point. Per, no personal information should be on your phone. I had when I worked for the government. I had a government-issued laptop, and literally every day I had to send an email from my laptop. It was automatically set up. I just had to click send every day at like 9.30 or something like that that showed all of, like took an image of what I did that day on my computer, and I had to send it to our security team. If my personal Gmail showed up, or if I was on Facebook before it was an app when it was just a, a website, or if I was surfing Google for like Sports Illustrated scores, I would get yelled at. Which is the proper use right. of your phone. Searching it's, scores. Right. 100% yes. But not on government-issued items. Like, you want to, on your own device, if you want to be on your device and you want to be on TikTok and you want to give your social security number to China and all the passwords that you have to China, that's on you. You got to own that. But if it's a state-issued phone or a government-issued phone, stop it. Stop acting like it's convenient or it's inconvenient to have two phones. Knock it off. Interesting. All right. You know what? It is now time for Courtroom Quarterback. Yeah, it is. The Niners are killing it right now. They are. You, you want to jump to the, the Niners? I, I've been – this is – this is Christmas. It's Christmas. It is absolute right. Christmas right now, Joel. You know what, Chris? I'm going to give you the floor here. What do you want to say about the Niners before I tear you to shreds? Systems work. That's what I'm going to tell you. Systems work. You plug Crap, in that's truck. That's my point. That was right? my point. <laughs> right. That's, that's the point, right? I don't care who it is. It's Jimmy Garoppolo who is performing very well. Kyle Shanahan's system works. It's Trey Lance. Kyle Shanahan's systems work. It's Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Purdy from Gilbert, Arizona. Really? Systems I did work. not realize that. He's local yep. for you. He is local for us. He went to Cream Creek. Um, very local. And then he went to like Wyoming for college. But so last what guy do you drafted. Know, what do you know about his brother? Nothing. I, I didn't even know he was from Gilbert until I started looking at him after he got the starting call. All right. Like he's good, not good. like a local hero until he beat Tom Brady like 
bad. Like Tom Brady stole money from him. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't end up at Iowa State as Iowa State's quarterback. My thought was, how do you, yeah. how do you go from because yeah, he wasn't here. He was from Arizona. How do you get from Arizona to to Ames, Iowa? And his yeah. brother is the backup quarterback. Am I Nebraska Cornhouse Curse? And so he played a couple uh, games this year. And so I thought, well, I knew his brother was there on the bench there in San Fran. Yeah. And uh, so now he is headed towards the Super Bowl. I I, I gotta no. say, I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. Yeah, it's like systems. How is it that it doesn't matter, Chris? They can put me under center there, and I can turn around and hand the ball off to the running backs, and they're right. gonna, you know, gain yards. Wow, that's a, that's an impressive system down there. Well, it, I mean, you got to have some skill, no doubt, right? He has. They're not gonna draft you or I, unfortunately. But I mean, he he was, and you know, the story was right. Last man drafted, Mister Irrelevant. All of a sudden, he's Mister Relevant. He could be a complete dud for all we know, right? He could never throw another pass or anything again. But it tells you that when you have a solid leader and a head coach and you have solid systems set up, you can do great things. And I think this is what um, McVeigh fears, right? Look at Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Sean McVeigh's system works. You plug in Matt Stanford, Safford from Detroit, they win a Super Bowl. You plug in Baker Mayfield, they have a really good showing, and all of a sudden there's hype around Baker Mayfield. The hype is the coaching system works. Trust in the system. Is that the takeaway from Baker Mayfield's story? I mean, that is an yes. amazing story because he yes. was there in Cleveland, and they hated Baker Mayfield right. for whatever reason. He played injured, yeah. which that should yeah. be the moral of that story. Don't play injured, but he played injured, and so he looked kind of mediocre. And right. so they they chased him out of Cleveland. No one wanted him. He goes to yeah. Carolina. I, I hate to Absolute say this, mess. but another bad situation. Absolutely. The mess. reason why I hate to say that was Nebraska now has their coach. So I really hate to – I don't want to believe that was the coaching there, and now he's our coach in Nebraska, but whatever. But uh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has proven that you can be a successful college coach and a horrible NFL coach. There and you can go. also so, look at, like, Jim Harbaugh, who was a horrible NFL coach and a very successful coach at Michigan. Well, hold on. You're being a little picky now. He went to the Super Bowl there. Mm. Trust the system. He Trust was the with system. the 49ers. I know. Man, you like to hate on your guy. No, I just, I like to tell the truth. No suppression right. here. Well, Baker Mayfield now, I mean, his name was Mud. I mean, he mm -hmm. was basically dropped from Carolina. Wasn't going to start right. for them anymore. No. And so I'm not sure he could have even gotten another job in the right. NFL. He goes over to, to the Rams. Yeah. And he had all of two days to prepare. Right. And boom, he's another Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, what a transformation in two weeks or two days. Two days, right? Again, and, and it bothers me because, like, coaches have never been given enough credit, right? We either really hate them, Bill Belichick, or we really love them, George Seifert, Don Shula, Right. There's no like middle ground often for coaches. And I don't think they get the like Tony Dungy, like you get a system that works. You get systems going that can work. You can take very bad teams and you can make them good by building out their system. And, and you see that with all of the Sean McVay, like family tree as well. Right. Right. Like all of those kids that learned under Sean McVay are now doing amazing system wide changes to organizations. Look at Miami, right? Look at Kyle Shanahan. Look at these guys. Don't look at Cliff Kingsbury, but look at these other guys 
that are doing really great jobs in their other respected teams now because they learned from a great system. Right. That's why you, you, you got to be a little bit careful when you jump on some quarterback's bandwagon because it's right. like, is it that quarterback or right. is it the system? Because I can tell you, now, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the greatest quarterback mm -hmm. ever in the history of the NFL, maybe except for Joe Montana. Good. But that being said, if, if he wasn't our quarterback, guess where the Chiefs would be? Same place. First place. Exactly. Andy Reid just wins with whoever right. he has at quarterback. I mean, he's just that good. So you you, you mix Andy Reid's genius with Patrick Mahomes, and you get what you get there in Kansas City. Um, right. But yeah. And Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady is a really classic example right now. Right. Look at the system that Tom Brady brought when he came from Tam or when he came from the Patriots to Tampa Bay. Right. He brought a really good system and that system has fallen apart. Now, Tom Brady falling apart. No good coaching, no good system, no good. You know, you're not finding offensive weapons. The All right. Let's talk about broken. Tom Brady for a minute since you brought up Tom Brady. I mean, I love Tom. what is what a story. I mean, oh the gosh. last year of his this guy's life. Wow. How things have changed for him. Right. You want right. to re recount how bad a year he's had? He's just having a rough year personally, he, he, professionally. Um, he retired right at the top of his game. He played great in the playoffs last year. Lost because of the Rams did an amazing last second drive. Right. Trust Incredible the story there by the Rams. But yep. Tom Brady then retired. Well, he then reversed course. Says, I don't want to retire. I don't like the home life. He goes back to a really crappy team. Why yep. he did that, I don't know. They've stumbled out well, of the gate. Yes, he, re still he retired and they, they got rid of the system. Right? If Tom Brady's out, Tampa Bay built a system around Tom Brady. So Tom Brady's out. We need to figure out what the new system is going to look like. And then Tom Brady jumps back in to this already pieced out system. So then he comes back in. He gets divorced. Has to go through all Poor of guy. that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, was, I say not nonsense. I mean, it's life-altering kind of stuff. Right. But you, you know what I'm drama. saying? Drama. Non-football-related right. drama. And then this last week... The um, so he was a big spokesperson for this um, Bitcoin FTX. currency, yeah, FTX. right? Yeah, and so he was doing commercials on it. Well, apparently, yeah. we all know what happened there. It was all a fraudulent pyramid type of scheme, there yeah. was no basis to it. The company was taking its money, investing in some, I forget all the details and how oh, they yeah. were uh, artificially ballooning up the company. But so now Tom Brady has been sued by a, a fan who invested his life earnings and life yeah. savings into Bitcoin. And because right. Tom Brady recommended, hey, invest in Bitcoin, this guy lost his life savings. So now he is facing lawsuits. And even if the lawsuits are maybe meritless, which I'm not sure they are yet, I haven't looked into them. No. His name is attached to these Bitcoins. I remember right. his ads. He was promoting them hot and heavy. And now it turns out it was all bogus. I, if I remember, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 episodes ago, you and I talked about the crypto collapse with Kim Kardashian and a couple yes. other people, and people were like angry that they invested their life savings. And it goes back to the adage is like, you should not be taking financial advice from Tom Brady. If Tom Brady comes to my house and puts on a master class of how to hit receivers over the slot or to teach me how to scramble in the pocket, I will listen to that man like he is gospel truth. But if Tom Brady comes over to my house and says, let me talk to you about your crypto future. Get the heck out of here, man. I, I have, I like, I'm not at the income level, right. That would be investing massive amounts of money into experimental products like crypto, but I'm smart enough to know that the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not the guy I should be taking financial advice from. 
you make a great point. In fact, you could you could argue he is the last guy right. you should take financial advice from because he doesn't even care. That's right. like me going to the casino and putting right. all my or some of my money on mm-hmm. whatever, you know, slot machine. Like what? Right. I mean, he there doesn't a, care if he wins or loses. I mean, his he's worth yeah. hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. I was reading an article in Forbes in like an airport a couple years back, and they were talking to the head the hedge fund manager for Bill Gates. And under the hedge fund manager's tenure for Bill Gates, he grew Bill from a $1.3 billion person to a $9 billion person. And everybody's like, oh, Bill Gates is so smart. Bill Gates is so smart. We should have, we should do, what is Bill Gates going to tell me? Where should I invest my money, Bill? And the answer is you invest with the guy who just grew my fortune by, by 700 times. You talk right. to that guy, the hedge fund manager that looked at my portfolio and said, you know what? I'm going to make you a multi-billionaire while at the same time making me a billionaire. And that's the guy I want to talk to. Not, if I have a computer problem, if I can't figure out the 404 error code in my Windows program, yeah, I'm going to call you Bill Gates because that's your wheelhouse. But you financial what? advice, no. Bring it back. I'm going to call him and maybe I too might become a multi Hundred airs. Is that the word yeah, ooh, for a lot yes. of hundred dollar bills? Hundred airs. That is hundred. What was that McDonald's commercial where you were a dollar dollar menu air? Right. Because <laughs> you buy all that, the stuff on the dollar menu. There it is. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Not a billionaire. Not a billionaire. Nope. Maybe a no. maybe not even a thousand air, but a hundred right. air. Yeah, I can reach that. You just gotta get rid of your kids, Joel. Then you'll be good. All right. I have New Year's resolutions coming, so maybe we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> get rid all of that. All right. Kids. Let's go over. Speaking of losing our money, let's go over some of our gambling. Mm. Um, uh, results here and Chris, I gotta say, you and I are coming on strong. We are. We, we have pretty our, solid weeks. Look at that. Five and two, and you were six and one. You are now five hundred for the year. I yeah. think there's something to this, Chris. I went back and looked at our, our stats throughout the year, and if yeah. you were to take out our first two weeks, we've been doing quite well. We bombed right. the first two weeks, and here's we my did. theory on why. We really don't know our teams yet. We, nope. we just we see them in preseason, but the reality nope. is they don't even play their starters during preseason. So you don't you don't really know who you have right. until the first week of the season. So maybe next year we pass on the first two weeks and we don't start wow. until week three. So maybe we actually can learn about our teams before we right. put our money on the teams. Now that would be smart gambling, Joel, and we're not here for that. We are here to Good teach point. that gambling is bad. All right, so, so here we go. Uh, and so let's see what my picks are for this week. Um, we Ooh. got Seahawks over the 49ers. So let's just talk a little bit about these games. I, I like the Seahawks. Um, maybe I shouldn't take this one because I do know the 49ers. We just talked about how, what a great system yeah. they are. This is up there in, in Seattle. The 49ers are kind of a – they don't know who yeah. the quarterback is going to be. It's a rough one. It's a rough, uh, it's a, it's a rough game, but I also think like the Seahawks are kind of falling apart right now too. I, I agree with you. It's you hard. It, th- and I don't like that is, pick. Three is a rough number, right? That, that, when you tell me that it's a three point game, you're telling me it's a toss up, right? You, Anybody you talk, can win that game and you, you don't want to cover money. It. I do not like that pick. It's up yeah. there. I do not like that pick. Cause I do think you're right. I, I had the same gut feeling that you have that right. I think the clock is striking midnight on Seattle's season. They've been playing with right. a lot of smoke and mirrors, but they don't quite have right. it all there. And I think now we're going to see them go over the cliff. And the right. 49ers are just picking up steam. And I agree right. with you. That is a horrible pick. Do not follow that one. All right, Bills. 
Seven and a half over the Dolphins. Now, this one scares me. I, what yeah. I just said about the Seahawks, I actually also believe about the Dolphins. I think their season is also kind of, their clock is striking midnight, and they're kind of teetering right. over. Last week, the Dolphins played horrendous. The last couple of weeks, Tua right. has not had good games whatsoever. His quarterback rating is way down. I just saw the temperature, the forecast in Buffalo. It's going to be like 10 Native. degrees or something. Very, yeah. very cold. These that Miami was- boys. Yeah, see, that was the hard part for me because I, I chose the Dolphins over the Bills because it's 7.5. The Bills haven't been playing that great. I mean, they're still winning. No. The Bills are still winning, but they're not covering the spread. Like, last week's game, they should have won by a ton more than yes. what they actually won by. And so I don't know if the Bills being, like, in first place, you know, the Bills holding on, they've already, you know, they're essentially clinched a playoff seat. So are they slowing down so that way they're not injuring Josh Allen, they're not injuring Stefan Diggs, they're making sure that they can stay going into the playoffs and being smart so they're not putting as much effort in. So I, it's 7.5 is a lot of points too. You know, I agree with you because this is actually going to be for the conference. The Dolphins, yeah. this is a must-win game must for them. Must-win for Bills, Yeah, you know what? If they lose, they're still kind of in the driver's seat. They, they, would, right. they would lose home field advantage if they lost. Um, they have a tough road ahead of them. The Bills do. Uh, it's they, right. the Chiefs. The Chiefs are playing nobody the rest of the season. The Bills right. have three really tough games left, starting here with the Dolphins. So right. you're right. The, that that point five is kind of just mocking. Right. Me, that point five that. is scary. I hate you, Vegas. I hate you. All right. I have Bills plus nine. So as you can tell, right now I'm not too gung ho on these first two picks at it's all. It's a rough time. It's a rough time the, in the season. The Bears over Philly. That, yes. That's just because of plus yes. nine. And it, nine points. You know, if you have been following this podcast, you know I've not been on the Philly bandwagon. And every yes. week I have egg on my face because they, they're they it. They are the great team. And maybe I just need to shut up and put my money on Philly because they, yeah. they keep impressing and playing great every single week. And I love their mm-hmm. quarterback. But nine points. I believe in Chicago. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just got to take the Bears. No, I'm going to go with the Bears. I think I took the Bears on this one, too. Nine points is just a lot for Philly. They're not, they, they've dominated some games, which have been great, but not, no, I'm not there with the nine points. The Bears All are right. stepping up a lot, too. So, this next pick I, I do like. I like this next pick. I do like this one. Saints over Atlanta. Here's why Atlanta is a mess. And, and so oh. they just benched Marcus Mediocre. And we're going to go with a rookie quarterback, which in the NFL, Rookies just struggle. They do. They do. It, it, it's a very. It's not college, and it's very rare. And now you're going to put this rookie quarterback up against the Saints' defense. Yes, I know Sean Payton is no longer the coach there in in New Orleans, but they still have a very solid defense. Yeah. And the, their offense is suspect. The defense is 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 nails. And and so I I got to take the Saints' defense over a rookie quarterback. Give me them uh, minus the four points. Oh, for sure, man. I'm I'm a full on board with that one. Steelers, I feel good about the Steelers pick here. Plus yep. two and a half over Carolina. Carolina Car- Didn't is... we just talk about Carolina being an absolute mess? They are. They got a new right. coach there, so they yeah. have been playing a little bit better. Right. But still, I, 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 I am telling you, at the end of the year, the Steelers coach, J- Mike Tomlin, just comes through. Now, yeah. I know he's hurting now because his quarterbacks are hurting. I get right. that. But I, this is crunch time. They, right. they have already have eight losses. They cannot get that ninth loss. So right. I think the Steelers are going to cover... And plus, they're the dogs here. I'm getting two and a half points in this game, so why not? And I think any team is going to struggle after losing their franchise quarterback, right? Big Ben carried the Steelers with Mike Tomlin a long time. So I think, you know, going into that, it just, you know, they're going to need to find their sea legs. 
It's going to take him a minute, and I think Mike Tomlin's going to lead him to victory over Carolina. All right, we got the Cowboys minus four for Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. they are coming on their own, but the Cowboys are just so right. strong. This game is going to be dependent upon who's going to show up there. Yep. Uh, because the Cowboys, when they're firing all cylinders, they should win this game by, by 21. And so I'll take them yeah. minus the four. For sure. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to have a repeat performance like he had last week. Trevor Lawrence got me 71 points in my fantasy league last week. He's not wow. doing that again. All right, so he might be a little bit celebrating too much this week. Yep. Is a po- you, you see that a lot by these yep. NFL players and these NBA players. They have a great, great game. They follow it up with mm-hmm. a, eh, just a hummer, mm-hmm. average kind of game. Yep. It's kind of hard to get dialed in two straight weeks. For sure. Raiders, it's an even game over the pass. And so the Raiders, I, I, I don't know. I don't Talk know. me out of this one here. Is I, that a stupid I, pick? I, 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 yeah. Like the Raiders are just so horrible. Like, they're just going down. They got beat by Jeff Saturday. Come on. Like, let's, let, but again, when it's even money like that, it makes me worried that they know something about the Patriots. Like, Mac the, Jones isn't going to play, or, you know, something to that effect. Like, Derek Carr is all fired up or something. Raiders are a good team. And I just have they to are. Think they're decent. That the, yeah. Carr is a good quarterback, and they'll figure it out one of these days. And, and, yeah. and if it's even money at the end of the year, I'm going to take the Raiders. Uh, Tampa Bay plus three over Cincy. Ooh. I have no idea why I took that one. Um, I, maybe I'm just hoping and praying. I, right. Like, you want you want Cincy to just keep dropping down out of the hunt. Yes. So I, I don't know. That, that's just a dumb pick right there. Don't oh. don't even follow that one. Tampa Bay plus three. I, I just you, you have this thought oh, if you don't root, you don't go against Tom Brady. Tom Brady, right. he just he's a winner. Right. And, and now it's at, maybe at the end of his career, so you think, well, oh hey Tom, you're gonna pull it out. He right. hasn't pulled it out this year, though. That's the problem. No. I, I mean, keep he, saying that, but he doesn't do it. Right. Well, obviously, against the Niners, he didn't pull it out. But the game previous to the Niners, it seemed like old Tom Brady, where he came back and won the game 17-16. Um, he has some, like, flashes of old Tom Brady. And the best way that I can describe it is when you're about to put down your dog and they have that one last day where they act like a puppy and they're running around the house and they're playing and you're wrestling out in the yard and it's kind of like the last hurrah before they know it's time to hit the rainbow bridge. That's where I'm, I'm feeling the Tom Brady careers at right now. All right. You, that's you, rough. to be put down. That's yeah, a nice that's, that's, there. That's a rough, rough way to put it. The Rams over the pack is a great game now Ooh, this week. Uh, to see. Yes. Now that... Uh, Baker Mayfield has had a week to do commercials out there in L.A. And maybe what kind of new commercials are you going to come up with? I, I don't know, oh. but plus seven and the Packers are a mess. They're, the they're absolute mess. Their backup quarterback, you know, who that they um, uh, love, that they yep. drafted. He's now saying he wants out. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a. It's a, it's a I, but also, I, I think the Rams are going to lose, but I don't think they're going to lose by seven. That, that's, that's and that and that's the mindset like you have to kind of get into is like you want to see Aaron Rodgers lose every game because it's Aaron Rodgers. But the pack like the pack getting plus 7 over the Rams that's a stretch. Here's another thought about this game and I, I know we got to get into the mind of Baker Mayfield but that's that's what you right. got to do if you're if you're going to bet these games. Right. And Baker Mayfield is his career was in shambles. 
Yep. And now he's in a system where the coach knows what he's doing. Will yep. Baker be cocky this week? Will he be mm. reveling in the hey I, the 98-yard drive where he took his team to yep. victory? Will he be celebrating was- in Mr. Cocky Baker Mayfield, the same Baker who took the, the flag of, of the Sooners and planted it there in the middle of the 50-yard line at Ohio State when he beat them? That kind of cocky yeah. Baker Mayfield. Or will it be a humbled one who says, I want to learn because this is my last chance. I got yeah. a great coach. I can shine here. Which Baker Mayfield will show up here for this game, and that makes a difference in this well, one. Well, and I really hope it's the the humble Mayfield because he is on his last shot. You go to three teams in three in in a year, right? Three right. teams in one year, you're on your way out of the NFL. And also, like we could talk about this 98 yard drive that there were a very many key penalties that kept the ball moving downfield. Now. Absent those key penalties, Baker Mayfield went to one. That is true. So some some quarterbacks are good enough; they can draw the penalties by throwing right. the ball behind a receiver, so the receiver right. has to come back to it. Whatever. Mayfield. Sometimes it's just lucky too, because the receiver right. does, a defender does something stupid, right. or you have a ref that's bailing you out. You see all right. those things, and so yeah, this will be a very right. telling week as to which Baker Mayfield shows up there in L.A. For yeah. his benefit and for the benefit of everyone who loves his commercials, my wife being one of them, I, I hope that they actually uh, can pull right. this out. And I have I no thoughts he's... on the Jets over the Lions. Oh man, who knows? I think the, I'm gonna. I want to go with the Lions because they've been five and one in their last six games, and they just look hungry, right? And Mike White or not Mike White? White got folded in half in the last game that he was playing in. I think they broke every single one of his ribs. Man, oh. I that guy just got. Absolutely and he's starting this week. They just announced he's starting. Yeah, he got absolutely just ransacked. Like, right, well, so we'll see. Chris, this might be the week you you demolish me because I don't yeah. like any of those picks. And let's look at your oh, picks yeah. here. So I'm picking Miami over the Bills just because 7.5 points is a lot. I know that. I mean, like we talked about, right? That's just a lot of points. Um, Ravens over the Browns because I really want to just keep betting against Deshaun Watson. That's the only right. reason. Only reason why I'm there. Um, Detroit, I picked over the Jets, right? For the same reasons I just talked about. Five and one, they're killing it. Uh, I'm thinking Dallas over Jacksonville. We had that an obvious one. Like you, picking the Rams over the Packers. That, I assume, is a typo there. I'm not giving you four and a half points in Dallas over the Jacksonville. Oh, I'm sorry. That That should have been a negative. You're right. (laughs) Dallas is, yeah, sorry. I was type, I type on my phone and I hit the wrong button. But you're right. Dallas is a negative 4.5 over Jacksonville. And I think Dallas is going to overcome that. Um, I too picked. 3.5 3.5 over the Bengals only because I think the Bengals are going to win by a field goal. I don't The Bengals aren't blowing teams out right now. So I had to play the points versus, um, versus the, uh, the, the heart of the matter. I had to play the points here. So, and then I I'm taking Kansas city because Houston is absolute trash. And so I, I hope you're see, right. I I'm taking Kansas city on this one. I hope you're right. I do see that one being a blowout because Patrick Mahomes needs it. If he wants yep. to get back in the MVP conversation, he is he does. not in first place and He's he needs not. a huge game to get back there. And who knows? He also needs um, Jalen Hurst to, to play a bomb of a game, a horrible game. Right. Dud. Not sure that's going to happen, but all right, there you go. There yeah. are picks. Go ahead and do not bet accordingly or else you would be a fool. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, we put our money where our mouth is. We, we put it time. out there so people can see how idiotic we are. But when it comes to the law, we're not quite as idiotic. Also hey, you true. know what? It's been a great uh, time here, Chris. Have a great week as you prepare for Christmas. And we will see you next week. See you next week, Joel. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri- Plicity Marketing for our technical and computer support.